Section 15, every group is screwed up. Nice of you to show up, Bill Gates. I was hyperventilating by the time I got to Bill G's office, having raced from Building 17 to the double X Building 8 overlooking the fountain. Being late was out of character for me. I never missed anything. At the time, it was entirely typical for Bill to be late. Bill totally changed this later in life and became maniacal about being on time. Once I made it to Bill's office on the second floor, there was an executive suite, but no special receiving area or security or anything. His executive assistant, Julie Jerome, gave me the look of one would expect to receive for showing up late. Still, she pointed to the open glass door where I got another look, this time from Bill, that basically said, nice of you to show up. Bill's desk was a giant pile of memos, papers, magazine books, a lot of three-ring binders for Bill G reviews, and two old-school leather travel suitcases were by the door. I would learn that Bill G traveled with one suitcase of clothes and one used as an overstuffed briefcase and laptop bag. The bookshelves were jammed with more books and older review binders. He had the same oath desk that we all had, but he had the deluxe version with a credenza and a long bookshelf on the wall above. On the few bare walls, there was a framed poster of the layout of an Intel microprocessor and another of a radio wave spectrum map. And on a narrow column was a photo of Henry Ford. Behind the spectrum map was a secret whiteboard. There's a photo of Bill G at his desk from that exact period as it was featured in the documentary on Netflix, Bill's Brain. We sat on the standard issue Microsoft couch. I tried an icebreaker by mentioning that I had been difficult to get a hold of during college recruiting season three years earlier. Bill G unhunched himself and laughed a bit too loudly with a single ha and then said, and you were late to this. Okay, this is going well, I thought. What was left of our hour was a blitz of questions, deep technical ones about Windows, C++, and Excel. The former surprised me in a sense, because even though he'd pushed so hard on Next Step, he was not as deep into programming Windows as I might have expected. The latter was interesting, since he knew I didn't work on Excel. As we talked about Excel, the questions were much more about user interface and topics such as handling text in the product, connecting to databases, and new at the time features such as toolbars, the rows of icons representing commands that were previously hidden in menus or complex keyboard sequences, or automating better charts and graphs in Excel. At one point, he said, you seem to know a lot about Excel. This surprised me, and I wasn't sure what to make of it. How could I not know about Excel, as it was a flagship app? I was surrounded by the Excel team from ADC, Doug Clunder through that talk with John Devon, through AFX, Jeff, and Rick Powell. And I used it every day for computing all the stats about MFC. When we discussed Windows, his concern was performance, as well as the difficulty of writing software for the platform compared to Next. I was super prepared to talk about that. While I was talking, Bill would engage in his characteristic rock, a little hunched over, elbows on knees, rocking back and forth in his chair, lifting his toes in an almost choreographed manner, pausing only to occasionally push his eyeglasses back into position. He talked about C++ at length without asking any questions, about extending C++ in a proprietary way to make it easier to write Windows programs. Well, this could, in hindsight, sound nefarious, it was not. First, Borland had not only done this, but was touting it in the press. Next had essentially taken over a programming language, Objective-C, which was much more appealing to Bill than using an industry standard language like C++. And second, Microsoft had a long history of essentially owning a language going back to basic. This is how the industry worked. IBM owned COBOL and Fortran. Sun and the Unix world owned C. PCs owned basic. It seemed like a natural evolution waiting to be exploited to improve the platform. Over the years, we ended up having many debates about when and where proprietary languages and APIs made sense. Obviously, with our meeting cut short, a second one was needed. 
For this one, at Jeff's suggestion, I brought some of the patents I'd applied for in developing MFC, and we talked about those. The online version includes screenshots of those patents. Bill G. loved patents and was interested in what I had filed as a result of working on C++. Patents were new to the company, and we'd heard the first mention of them only recently at an all-company meeting where Bill G. said we would file patents more often going forward, but they would only be used defensively. This was a big deal because the libertarian streak among programmers was quite real, and patents were viewed as almost anti-software by many developers, including me. This was also a response to ongoing litigation with Apple and a lawsuit between Borland and Lotus over whether user interfaces were patentable or simply copyright protected. I got the job and accepted it right away. I never really thought about the decision almost entirely because Jeff told me I needed to do the job for the good of Microsoft. So yeah, that worked. I was never really sure how much thought Bill G. put into the role. My sense was then and now was he was happy with the way Aaron Getz had provided a sounding board but remained lukewarm on the role. He was still scaling, as we say now, with the company and was still reluctant to let go. Later, I learned after bumping into Bill G. prior to my official start while at Jeff's wedding and having little to say to one another, Bill G. sent a note to Natalie expressing concern that I might be too shy for the role. At least he didn't say something about my tardiness. I started in the new year after we completed VC++, yay, RTM, and our old AFX team was integrated with the larger C++ team in languages. Right before I left for the holidays, I moved into my new office, my fourth in three years. Tucked in the back of the executive suite was a supply closet and a small, smaller than typical, window office, overlooking the fountain, so that was nice. I had the same oak desk and bookshelf, but no room for a guest chair. I shared a wall with Bill G on one side and Greg Maffei, email Greg Ma, Microsoft's then treasurer on the other. The walls were thin. Greg talked loudly on the phone a lot. Aaron was still cleaning out his office when I arrived. It was a huge job as there were papers, boxes, books, magazines, products, and piles of stuff. While Aaron was finishing up packaging, I began contemplating a trip to Fred Meyer for 409 and Lysol. I was always a bit finicky between office moves. The first and most well-formed thing Aaron said to me was, look, you have to understand, every group is totally screwed up. Okay, well, that was good to know. Coincidentally, Bill G. said the same thing to the Wall Street Journal in May 1990 when asked about a late product that year. I'd say there's as much screwed up now at Microsoft as there always was. The online version contains the full Wall Street Journal article from 1990 featuring the Windows launch. It was on the first page of the Wall Street Journal. Aaron explained that a big challenge in the job, one I still did not yet understand, was that there seemed to be endless series of meetings. In each, every group presented what was going wrong. Even if they didn't offer what was going wrong, the meeting would turn into a forum to find out what was going wrong. The focus on what was not working was a hallmark of not just Bill G meetings, but email and all other interactions. There was little time to waste on what was working. Aaron offered a second piece of advice. Bill knows everything about every group and never forgets what they told him at the last review meeting. Aaron said, I thought he knew what was going on because they told him the last meeting and he remembered it. Then after meeting with some groups for a second time, I realized he remembered everything. Things I didn't remember, and even things the team didn't remember or wanted to forget going into the meeting. Good to know. My note-taking skills would be put to good use. With little additional guidance, he summed it up by saying the job would be what I wanted to make of it and to be helpful to Bill G. His parting words were, Look, start looking for your next job now because it is going to take you forever to decide which screwed-up team to join. In hindsight, all of Aaron's advice, what little he offered, proved correct. <laughs> 